Hi, my name is Shaheen Chaudhary and welcome to How I Lead Change, a podcast about executives leading successful human-centric changes in their organizations. Today on our show, I am joined by Marnie Johnson, SVP Human Resources and Corporate Affairs at Blue Shore Financial. Thanks for joining us today, Marnie. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Marnie is going to talk about how she leads the people side of change at Blue Shore Financial. So with that, let's dive right in with our first question. Marnie, tell us about what were things like before you were managing change? Well, I've been with Blue Shore for 23 years and I have been involved in a lot of change over that time period. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the before and after story of how North Shore Credit Union transformed from a community credit union into Blue Shore Financial, which is a premium boutique financial institution. This was a journey of more than 10 years, and it required us to change virtually every element of our business. And with every change, we took a very human-centric approach. So before I get into the story, just a, a little bit about Blue Shore Financial, we are a full service financial institution offering a full range of banking, wealth management and insurance solutions with 13 locations across the lower mainland and Sea to Sky Corridor. We're the fourth largest credit union in BC. We've been in business for 78 years, but for the first 72 years, we were known as North Shore Credit Union. We began in 1941 as a small, friendly, local credit union serving the needs of the local logging and maritime community. Over time, we became less relevant as our primary trading area, which is the North Shore, grew into one of the most upscale neighborhoods in Greater Vancouver. We hadn't kept up with these changes and we were unable to attract the affluent residents who lived and worked in this thriving market. By the late 1990s, we didn't have a differentiated brand identity or a strategy. The organization was on unstable ground. We had minimal business growth and very low staff engagement. We were seen as really nice and friendly, but not overly professional or expert. And we needed to make ourselves more relevant, differentiated and aligned with our target market. And that was the sense of urgency driving our drastic strategic revamp. And that's the first critical step in leading a change. You need a burning platform, a, a reason why you need to change. So in 2005, we launched a new strategy called Vision 2010, which was a truly disruptive five-year vision that challenged credit union traditions. And there were four basic components of the vision, which were first of all, creating a lifestyle brand that focused on the fabulous West Coast physical environment and our clients' active, healthy lifestyle rather than focusing on products and rates. 
And that was really a radical idea for a retail financial institution, let alone a community credit union. Secondly, we adapted our offerings and our service levels to meet the needs of the underserved affluent market. And that was that segment who had financial needs that were too sophisticated for basic service, but not complex or big enough for private banking. So for them, we focused on advisory services rather than transactions. Thirdly, we transformed our branches into financial spas. They are a stunning, soothing West Coast Zen place to do business that mimics a high-end spa. And it never ceases to thrill me when somebody walks into one of our branches for the first time and says, wow, this is a bank. And then the last thing we did was to grow organically. We were aiming for double-digit growth without merger. And at that time, the credit union system was rife with mergers, but we were looking to go it alone. Wow. So as, as you can imagine, these changes had huge implications for our staff. And you've probably heard that culture eats strategy for breakfast. So yep. we knew that we had some massive cultural changes to make. When you make a change in your strategic direction, you need to ensure that your organizational capability and your employee competence also shift to match that change. And so we knew we had major changes in both those areas. So we started with employee communication. We created an employee booklet that described the vision five years out and the implications for our customers who are our members, our business and our staff. And we implemented a multi-stage communication approach to different employee groups, starting with our managers, because we know that managers play a critical role in helping employees understand the context and where they fit in. And at the same time, to gain traction and to achieve alignment, our executives communicated a lot, transparently, consistently, about where we were going, what employees' roles were in achieving our objectives, and how we were progressing toward those goals. And in order to make all this happen, there were a few key areas that we needed to address. So the first one was our core values, which were very out of date. We needed to ensure alignment between our corporate values, our employees' personal values, and our strategy, so that employees could bring their whole selves to work, and ensure that everyone's efforts were being directed toward the same desired outcomes. We built these new values from the ground up by asking all employees to describe the culture and values that we needed to be successful in achieving our strategy. We had done so much communication about our strategy that employees got it and they were able to articulate what we needed to do to be successful. And as a result of their input, we created our four core values of 
360 degree accountability, sophisticated experience, balance, and progressive spirit. And those have all stood the test of time. They are still our four core values today. Right. Our, new, our new vision also asked a lot more of staff, and that meant that we needed to upskill them in order to be credible financial advisors to our target market. So we invested heavily in employee education and made the certified financial planner designation an expectation for our advisory staff. We also changed our compensation and performance management programs to align with our new vision. So we changed pretty much everything over wow. over a number of years. It, it, it was a massive, massive project. And then the final element of our transformation was changing our name. We found that our North Shore Credit Union name didn't match mm -hmm. the premium brand experience that we had built. It was too closely linked to geography. People right. thought we only had branches on the North Shore and we didn't. We had branches in Burnaby and, and in Vancouver and the Sea to Sky region. And importantly, research showed that it just didn't resonate with our target clients. We had a legacy of more than 70 years in the community as North Shore Credit Union, and over a third of our employees had been with us for more than 10 years. So there was tremendous loyalty to the organization and the name, and there was huge potential for resistance. So we did a number of things to engage and help employees through what was more than a two-year transition to the new name. And the, the challenge, the fun thing and the challenge was that the new name was disclosed to select staff on a need-to-know basis only. And most employees didn't know the name until just before we released it publicly. And we had to do this because there were many legal activities to undertake, such as obtaining trademarks. And we also had an extensive launch campaign planned that included a lot of advertising. And we didn't want to dilute the impact of that. And we also wanted to be able to give staff the context and the full story behind the name. So this was a challenge because we had this long transition period. We needed to maintain staff enthusiasm, right. but we couldn't give them a key piece of the puzzle, which was the name. Mm -hmm. So to lead that part of the change, we did a number of things. We involved highly respected opinion leaders from within our employee group in determining the name. Oh. And this generated trust and confidence because employees said to us, oh, okay, well, if, if I know that Tracy is on the team, then that's all I need to know because I know that she'll help ensure that the right name is chosen. Right, okay. And of course, in any big change, a goal is to reduce employees' uncertainty wherever you can. So we told employees everything that we could tell them so, for example, that we had done market research and that the 
responses were overwhelmingly positive to the new name. And we also shared the detailed timeline and the communication plan with them. We just didn't use the actual name. Mm -hmm. okay. And when we couldn't tell them something, we explained why we couldn't tell them. And one thing that worked particularly well for us was we positioned the coming name launch as a surprise party. And our employees were the guests of honor. And that shifted people's thinking from saying, I need to know the name, I need to know the name, to no, no, don't tell me the name, I want to be surprised. So we were able to shift attitudes from trepidation to excitement. We also involved employees by creating brand ambassadors in every branch and department. They were advocates and peer trainers who met on a weekly basis and brought forward questions and concerns from their teams to us, and then we could use them as conduits for communication back to employees. And finally, we created a brand resource site on our internet that had all the information we thought that employees would need, and we updated it as we could. So as we got close to the name launch, we invited all employees to a gala dinner event two weeks before we went public with the new name. Right. We, okay. we revealed the name, we showed them the ads, and it was a fantastic event. And then we said to everybody, but now you have to keep it a secret for two weeks because we needed the time to get the materials ready and to change the signage and so on. And right. okay. there were no leaks. We were so thrilled. Wow. And that, to us, that speaks to the level of mutual trust and respect that characterizes our culture. Mm -hmm. Then once the new name uh, was out there to staff, we did a number of brand education sessions, including the executives. Everybody participated in these so that everybody really understood the meaning of our new name and how to talk about it and communicate it to clients. So that that was our journey over about a 10 year period. And uh, it was a massive, massive shift in culture and in business strategy. Wow, it's very insightful and what an achievement. I love your change story and the change management story. And and I've also learned a lot about Blue Shore Financial. I, I mean, I'd love to actually go and check out one of the branches in the oh, near please future. do please do i guarantee you'll love it yeah i'm sure i will <laughs> uh, so uh, marnie how are things now i mean you you it was it's a remarkable story and how you went through this journey and and the things you did to humanize you know in the organizations the leaders in the organization to humanize the change um how are things now and what impact uh, has change management had on on blue shore we have had remarkable success over the 15 or so years since we began this journey. Today, Blue Shore is a thriving full-service financial institution okay. that's been named a top 100 most profitable BC company, and we have been one of Canada's best employers for nine years in a row. 
So those are those are huge shifts from where we were when we began this journey. And our assets under administration have grown from less than a billion dollars in okay. 2000 to 5.9 billion. Wow. So in, in that time period, we have grown, we're almost six times the size we were when we started. And from a client experience perspective, our client experience scores have dramatically outpaced the competition on items such as improving their financial well-being and being an expert provider of financial advice, mm-hmm. which is a long way away from where we started when they thought that we were nice and friendly, but not overly expert. We've also won numerous awards, such as the Canadian HR Award for Best Change Management Strategy for our successful name change. And we have been named multiple times to Waterstone Human Capital's list of Canada's most admired corporate cultures. Chris Catliff, our CEO, has been named CEO of the year for a couple of different awards. And what's been key to our success is having a clear vision and ensuring that all of the changes that we made were aligned with the vision. So they built on each other rather than fighting against each other. We've shifted our culture a little bit at a time over the years so that the execution of our strategy was possible. One of the big changes to our culture is that we see our employees as owners rather than renters. Owners take accountability. And as I mentioned, 360 degree accountability is one of our core values. Our employees look for opportunities to make things better and then they make it happen. Whereas renters, on the other hand, will just leave things for others to fix and they don't take that same degree of responsibility for their surroundings. And that's been a big shift in our culture over the years. Our employees are the face of our brand. They're the ones who can make or break the client experience. So we consult and involve them along the way in any big change so that they are co-creators of the change rather than just recipients of it or worse, victims of the change. We believe it's very, very important to bring them along and involve them as we go. And one of the fundamentals of how we do this is to be as transparent as possible so employees know what we're trying to accomplish and equally important, where they fit in. We view them as partners in our business because we believe the more they know about the business, that is our successes and our challenges, the more they can contribute. So trust and respect are really important components Mm -hmm. of our culture. We've also continued to give our managers advance notice of big changes so that they are prepared to answer employee questions. And we always communicate with our employees prior to going public with any big news. 
so that they are always in a position to answer clients' questions and they're never taken by surprise. We also take every opportunity that we can to weave our strategy and culture together, whether that's at our annual all staff meeting or whether it's in a small training session, it's important to say, this is why we're here, here's how this fits into our vision and our strategy. We also recruit differently now from the way we used to way back. We really focus on a fit with our values and our culture. Certainly we look for diverse perspectives, but we are looking for shared values because when that happens, we find that employees will instinctively act with a common purpose while still applying their unique skills and approaches. And then to sustain the brand into the future, we put in place a program for new employees called the Blue Shore Experience. So okay. as soon as they join us, they get immersed in the brand. That's part of our orientation program now. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned that when we went through the name change, we created brand ambassadors. We have found that to be incredibly effective for all kinds of change. They're now just called ambassadors, but we continue to draw on them to help us implement organizational change and keep us connected and help facilitate that two-way communication. Well, that's really refreshing and, and on how you involve and care for your employees in your business. It's, it's remarkable. Thank you. Marnie, what one piece of advice would you give other executives on the importance of managing change? Change itself is just an event. It's the transition that can be difficult and it takes time. And my advice is to involve employees so that they feel like co-creators of the change, Mm -hmm. what we were just talking about, that If employees don't buy in, then your change efforts are doomed. And part of that employee buy-in means that you have to lead change from the top, the middle, and the bottom of the organization, ensuring that you have alignment at every step. It means that you have to trust your employee team, that you have to share information and listen to them, and ensure that you're celebrating not just the big wins, but the small ones as well. And part of that leading from all parts of the organization is communicating relentlessly. Because we all know that change can be really stressful. Right. And in the absence of information, it is simply human nature to make stuff up. Mm -hmm. And it's usually negative. So doing everything that you can to be transparent, reduce uncertainty, can help your organization and your employees move forward. And I would also advise executives to be patient and to consider that the marathon effect can be present in big changes. As a leader, you've probably had far more time to process the change Mm -hmm. And you may be through the finish line before others 
have even started the race. And that was the case, as I mentioned, our, our name change was a two year journey. So employees were hearing about it for the first time months and months after our leadership knew about it. Right. So we had to understand that they needed time to process the change, even though the rest of us had already processed it long ago. And then finally, when change is well managed, there are always lessons learned and new ways of doing things that you can build on for future success. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Marnie, for sharing your insights. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And that's all for today's episode of How I Lead Change. Thank you for listening, everyone. And thank you to Marnie for joining me today. Join us again next month when we talk about leading change. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Now go out there and be successful at change. Thank you.